This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You were headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. It is great to be back. Do you know how much more fun it is to talk about Blues hockey when we're talking about a win? When we're talking about a team that played very good? When we're talking about a team that didn't make a lot of mistakes? When we're talking about a team that played as a team, it's much easier to do that than it is to talk about a team like the Blues have been a lot this year, up and down, making mistakes, players not showing up, not giving a complete game. So I am happy to be here after this big win over the Golden Knights. But before we get into that, I want to give my opinion on Las Vegas. For those of you maybe have never been there, or for those of you who maybe have only been there once or twice. In my previous job, I worked for a company that had an office in Las Vegas. And I was out there for the better part of two years, probably out of the two years, a year and a half. We ended up uh, buying a company house out there. So I was in Vegas a lot uh, between 2008 and 2010. And I will give you my pieces of advice. Don't always go down to the Strip. The Strip is fine. It's got some cool things to do. Don't get me wrong. There's some neat restaurants. There's some neat attractions. I know everybody's probably wondering, well, where's the best place to gamble? I don't gamble, but I do know what people tell me. And uh, a lot of people told me while I was out there, at least the locals, is that when they go gamble, they go downtown, they stay away from the Strip, or they go out to Red Rocks which is a very, very nice casino. So there's a lot of good things to do out there. Great, great view of the desert. Get you away from the limelight. Get you away from the touristy part. And you'll have a great, great time out there. A lot of good food in Las Vegas. There's plenty of places you can eat at that that aren't on the Strip. I could go on and on about the great burger places, the great sushi places, so on and so forth. But... I think it'd be worth your time to take a look yourself. Go to Google, look up top 10 sushi restaurants. And I'm going to tell you this. There's some good ones that aren't super, super expensive. But I want you to do your own searching. Like I said, I could do a tourism show for about two hours on the best burgers, the best sushi, the best steaks, the best sandwiches, the best Korean food, the best Chinese food, the best buffets, so on and so forth. I will give you one tip. There are a few buffets that if I was you, I would stay away from. And one of those, sorry MGM Grand, your buffet stinks. It was bad in 2008 and 9, and it's only went downhill. Don't waste your money on the MGM buffet. One of them that I think is middle of the road, that it's not great, but you do get some good food and some good value, is the buffet at Planet Hollywood. If you want top of the line, go to the Baccarat Buffet. You can't go wrong, especially on a Sunday. There's champagne brunch. It's just to die for. It's going to cost you a lot of money, but it is to die for. When you're asking about hotels, I like Planet Hollywood myself, hotel, because it's not a huge casino. You don't have to have a treasure map to get out of the casino like you do at MGM Grand or a few other places. 
and the rooms are reasonably priced. And please, please stay away from the Circus Circus and Stratosphere. Circus Circus offers some cheap, cheap rooms. Those rooms, it'll take you a map and a tour guide and 40 bottles of water to find. It's that bad. And a lot of times you'll walk down their hallways and there's water soaked into the carpet. The hallways stink like mold. So please, do not go cheap and stay at a cheap hotel. Now, let's go ahead and get into this game against the Golden Knights. The Blues coming off of that uh, loss against Chicago, that one to nothing loss. A lot of people saying that that's Jake Allen's fault. I, I just love these people that just can't give Jake Allen any credit at all. He played a very, very good game. Did he face a ton of shots? No. But he played a good game. Now, the Blues needed a good effort. They had just beaten the Golden Knights at home, and I thought which was one of their better efforts of the year. The T-Mobile Arena out there is great. If you guys get a chance to go out there, please do. It's a fun atmosphere. The fans are into it. They love their team. I am just going to be interested in seeing how much they love their team if they don't do well in the playoffs or if they miss the playoffs. Will the fans in Vegas still support them? I think they're going to have a good draw regardless of whether the locals support them because there's so many visitors that come out there that are going to want to do something fun. They're going to want to see the Golden Knights play, and I think they're going to be okay. But I am interested to see how that fan base reacts when they don't do well. The Blues needed to play well in this game. I thought it started out very well for them. Although Vegas would get on the board first, I think the Blues actually played better in the first period than Las Vegas did. Let's go ahead and start out in the first period with the first goal of the game by Carrier to give the Knights a one to nothing lead. And Belmar backhands it out. Carrier got by Gunnarsson. Carrier scores! Bit of a rolling puck on Gunnarsson and Carrier utilizes that speed to take advantage. As the play where Belmar is going to hit the wall and comes out on Belmar, just chips it on the backhand. Pressure by Carrier. And he goes five-hole on Allen to finish off the play and put the Golden Knights up one nothing. Another mistake by the Blues defense. Belmar backhanded the puck into the neutral zone. Gunnarsson just kind of lackadaisically looked at it. It rolled between his legs. There was Carrier to take it in on Jake. Not much Jake could do. Carrier gets his third goal of the year. Bellamar gets his third assist. Theodore gets his sixth assist. Six minutes, three seconds in. The Knights are up one to nothing. I really wasn't worried at this point because anybody who watched this game seen the Blues were playing pretty well. Yeah, that was a big mistake, and we all know the mistakes have killed the Blues. And in a lot of games, the Blues have one mistake like that, and it's all downhill from there. But it was not to be that way. Ryan O'Reilly gets a goal just 38 seconds later to tie it up at one apiece. Where would we be without Ryan O'Reilly? Well, I'll tell you where we would be. We would be a lot worse than we are. And that's hard to imagine, isn't it? Now Schwartz blocks it in front. Tarasenko wide open. Here's O'Reilly. Backhander. He scores! Ryan O'Reilly gets it right back for the Blues, and we are tied at one. What a play that is to take that puck from the forehand to the backhand. And as soon as he did so, you know that's going high under the bar and in the net against a goaltender that's got as good a glove hand as you will find in the NHL. Play in the slot. Tarasenko takes a hit to make a play. Gets smoked in front of the net, but he plays it back to Ryan O'Reilly. That is something we need to think about. Where would this team be without Ryan O'Reilly? 
Well, if you talk to the Buffalo fans, they're much better off without Ryan O'Reilly. That goal by O'Reilly would be his ninth. Tarasenko gets his ninth assist. Schwartz gets his sixth assist. Tarasenko really played well in this game. The guy needs to continue to keep doing this. And those goals are going to eventually come, which the Blues need badly from him this year to be a success. If they have O'Reilly scoring and Tarasenko scoring and Sheehan scoring, man, this team could just do anything. In the first period, the Blues were outshot 10-7. to But like I said, I thought the Blues played better in the first period. A lot of people say, well, we really couldn't tell. It was probably a pretty even game. I understand that. I really do. But you cannot question the second period. The Blues took over this game in the second period and scored three unanswered goals to give them a 4-1 to lead. Orange back again. Deacon still with it. And now for Schwartz. And a shot. They score! Tipped by O'Reilly, perhaps. And the Blues take a 2-1 to lead. Aaron, from my angle, that appeared to go up over the old arm of Florida. I think O'Reilly will get it. Good decision. But this is what we're talking about with sustained pressure. Completely wearing down Cody Eakin's line right here. It was one reverse cycle after another, but it was second effort. Even at one point, it looked like Vladi Tarasenko was going to get stopped behind the net to the right of Marc-Andre. The line entrance and a drive, and he scores right off the faceoff. And the Blues take a 3-1 to lead as Edmondson lets it fly. So the one line keeps it in and puts pressure on the Vegas Golden Knights D. Next line hops off. Great Shen goes to the front of the net. I mean, we were all relatively surprised, maybe shocked, that he's even playing in this game. A face-off win by Bozak. Slap shot on net. Deflection. And great celebration there by Braden Shen, who had missed four games, and he gets his fourth goal of the year, playing as a winger in tonight's game. Until tonight. And a shot by Dunn, rebound, Sunquist wide open, chance. he scores! Sunquist gets the rebound! And the Blues take a 4-1 to lead! He did it again! Scored two beauties against Marc-Andre Fleury in the last game on home ice against Vegas. And this one here, as unsuspecting as you read about, Sunquist takes it while going down and a little backhand of the forehand maneuver taking advantage. He's the first man in on the forecheck. He takes his man. It creates a turnover. And then when he goes in, he sells shot. The goalie has to come out and respect that. And then he makes him bite on it. What a play there by Oscar Sunquist. What a huge second period for the Blues. They took over this game. We haven't seen them do this in a long time. They really controlled the second period. The third goal of the game, the second for O'Reilly, that was just such a beautiful, beautiful goal. O'Reilly gets his 10th goal. Schwartz gets his 7th assist. Tarasenko, another double assist night for him, gets his 10th assist. Seven minutes, two seconds in, the Blues are up 2-1. to one. But they continue to put pressure on the D and Marc-Andre Fleury. Braden Shin, nice to see him back after coming back from an injury. In all honesty, guys, I think he's still a little injured. But he is tough. He's out there when he can. If Braden Shin misses a game, you know he's hurting. If he misses two games, you know he's really hurt. But like I said, he gets his fourth goal of the year. Edmondson gets his fourth assist. Tyler Bozak gets his eighth assist. 16 minutes, 13 seconds in. The Blues are up 3-1 to one in the second. But they didn't let the pedal off. They kept pushing and pushing. And just 59 seconds later, the guy who had two goals against the Flurry in St. Louis just about a week ago, gets another goal, his fourth of the year, assisted by Dunn, his fifth of the year, 
and it's at 17 minutes, 12 seconds. The Blues take a commanding lead 4-1. to one. The Blues outshot Vegas 16-13, to 13, and that doesn't sound like by that much, but the Blues definitely had a lot of opportunities. Going into the third, there would be no scoring at all. The Blues would have 12 shots on goal to Vegas's 10. A big win for the Blues, a big road win, and we all know how tough wins have been for them to come by, so it was a huge win in big fashion. Shots on goal 35 for the Blues, 33 for the Knights. Face-offs 51% for the Blues, 49% for the Knights. The Blues had four power play opportunities. The Knights had three. Neither team were able to capitalize. The Blues had 21 hits. The Knights had 28 blocks, 18 for the Blues, 11 for the Knights, six giveaways for the Blues, and eight for the Knights. Let's go ahead and get to the post-game player interviews and, of course, the coaches' interview. First, we're going to hear from Jake Allen, Perron, and, of course, Oscar Sundquist, who seems to have Fleury's number for some strange reason. Uh, we're going to talk to him, too, before we hear from Coach Mike on a big road win for the Blues. Uh, you know, we obviously saw them lots last year, too, you know, in, in the finals. A very offensive, very opportunistic team. So uh, they usually get their chances most games, and we were able to shut them down. That, that first game, was that a good preparation for this one, how you handled this uh, today? Oh, the last game we played against yeah, them? Yeah, you, you, um, you saw them just to... Yeah, I guess you, you can say that. You know, it gives them a little bit of a, you know, a, you know, lesson on how they play and some of their players, but I played against them all, all the games last year too. So um, they got some good players over there, and you know, I thought our D, especially when we lost Gunny there in the first, um, really stepped up and played well as a group. We actually played two good games against them, and uh, there's, uh, I don't want to make it sound like too big, but there's uh, some little areas that we we exposed tonight, and uh, it was good. I, I think that we were, we were able to protect the puck real well, and. Um, again, uh, you saw a flower again. He made, he made some still some unreal save there on Petrangelo at the end of the game. I, I know it's 4-1, but you never know what can happen. And um, yeah, it's, it's fun to play against these guys for sure. Do you guys feel like your defense is coming together the last couple games? Obviously, going one and one in that stretch, but you're doing, doing well to keep. Um, yeah, we ch- we tweaked a few things and maybe two weeks ago, and slowly it, it, it's really improved. I think um, guys are getting comfortable all together and. There was so much pressure on, on this team to perform right away. Like at the start, I didn't really get it. I know the, the roster is there to, to maybe prove the expectation, but at the same time, there's 30 other teams that uh, at least half of them feel the same way. So we have to find our game. We have to keep finding it and, and making sure that we improve every night. And tonight was, uh, again, like even the one nothing game in, in Chicago, it, we don't score a goal, but we only allow it, like, I don't know, like less than 10 scoring chance. Most nights you're going to win. So. Um, yeah, we just gotta keep building. I think I think all my three goals been been uh, a lot of a lot of help from my teammates, uh, both line mates and and demons. So uh, today was a today was a good shot from Donner on the point. I was kind of surprised that Flurry Flurry uh, let that one go so so easy, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, it was nice to get a goal. Yeah, well, you still had to move around him to get the open space to put it in. So it's still some some effort on your part. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I mean, I've been I've been practicing and playing uh, with with uh, for for a couple of years, and I, I was for sure it was gonna it was gonna poke check the puck out of me. So uh, it was nice that I that I've been able to to get around him and, and score. That goal by O'Reilly right after they score. Yeah, great response. Um, you know, obviously that's a key moment. They they grabbed the lead. I thought we had a really really good start, um, and then uh, they scored that goal. Um, 
that's what you have to do. You have to respond. It doesn't necessarily mean you score a goal the next shift, but you have to find a way to get to your game the next shift. And, and sometimes you do that. Sometimes you do score. And the, the way that they scored it was doing things the right way. And, uh, and so, obviously, a huge moment. You look at O'Reilly and also the Tarasenko in the setup we talked about, yeah. how that's worked, and it seemed like both – both there, Tarasenko setting up O'Reilly. Yeah, and, both guys were looking for. They got they got kind of robbed. Uh, I, I thought that uh, uh, Flurry made a couple really really good saves. Maybe that those guys could have had a couple other points as well in the game. Uh, but uh, they're looking for each other, and and you build chemistry like that. And I think they're shooting when it's time to shoot. And they're not overpassing, but uh, uh, they seem to be developing some nice chemistry together. Jake's play also. He had a lot of shots and a lot of saves, and Jake kept was, him with yeah. Outstanding. Uh, I thought in particular on the penalty kill, he was very good tonight. He was big and challenging. And uh, a lot of pucks were hitting him in areas that uh, don't look like difficult saves, but I thought that's because of how aggressive he was and he was in good position. Offensively, like better ice, better staying in the zone, more ice time in there, and keeping keeping not as much one and done. Better and better in that, uh, better in that regard. Yeah, I thought you know, first off, we we got some more secondary opportunities, putting some pucks in that. We were a little bit harder at the net, but uh, you have to do that. You have to be strong on the puck. You can't just get in there and hope it and force it and uh, expect good things to happen. I thought that uh, uh, we had a little bit more patience and and uh, and poise with the puck in the offensive zone and got rewarded for it. Defensively, Vegas still still with though with some with some good chances. Yeah, in there that... yeah. Well, they're, they're, that's a team that generates chances. They're aggressive. Uh, you know, I thought that uh, the second half, the second period, we got away from things a little bit. They started to get some momentum, and we were turning pucks over. I thought we were going east-west and kind of making some soft plays in the neutral zone, which were coming back at us. That led to some penalty kills against. Uh, I thought that we figured it out a little bit and and, and adjusted uh, in the second and third period better. And then, and then Shen comes through is, yeah. as you said, getting him back to help the offense. Yeah, and there you go. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, uh, you know, when you're when you're having when you're playing your game and you're and you've got everybody rolling, then different guys come through. And uh, every night it could be a different line, but uh, but more often than not, you, you're going to have a good chance to get rewarded. And uh, again, we we were pretty darn consistent for for 60 minutes, a couple lapses here and there, but for the most part, pretty strong effort. And then, of course, you talk about the end. But then, as you would expect in the game against Vegas, Oscar Sundqvist comes Yeah, comes yeah, yeah. This is his team. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's, he's, you know what? It's, it's funny. Sometimes players just have uh, – sometimes they just have that feeling, that confidence going in uh, against a team. But he's been playing really well for us. We've been saying this right from the start. Uh, obviously, he's playing with a lot of confidence. You can see that. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty – that's a pretty darn good move that he's making there on, uh, to, to finish on that on that goal against a, a world-class goalie. The response after, obviously, a disappointing loss at Chicago, the, the, the kind of game you like to see? Yeah, really happy with, uh, with that. Uh, so big test tomorrow now. It's going to be the back-to-back games are sitting there waiting for us. Uh, you know, I think that we had to use a lot of uh, guys into some pretty heavy minutes tonight. So um, we'll, we'll have to be ready to respond tomorrow too. Yeah, Gunderson and Schwartz both didn't finish the game. Where do yeah. they stand? We'll have uh, more of an update tomorrow. Tomorrow, I, yeah. I could have guessed you were going to say that. Yeah. Uh, is everybody else okay? Everyone else make it through? Uh, as far as I know, as yeah. As know. yeah. A really good game for the Blues. I don't have a lot of bad things to say. Were they perfect? No. And I know I say that a lot in their wins, but I think a lot of people expect this team to be perfect. And I know a lot of people hated the Petrangelo interview a little couple days ago. But uh, mistakes happen in games. They do. It's how you respond to those mistakes. You can say, well, this mistake, you know, 
cost the Blues the game. And yeah, it may have. But you could also go in the opposite direction and say that this guy should have scored with the open net. Why didn't he? Well, that could have cost you the game too. This guy had a breakaway and didn't score. Well, all these things are in the same game. There's a bunch of different good and bad that go into winning and losing. Sometimes you have more good and you win. Sometimes you have more bad and you lose. Sometimes you get lucky and you play bad and you still win. Doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen, especially when the other team plays worse than you do, or they have more mistakes and you capitalize on them. So a win is a win. Are the Golden Knights the team they were last year? No. I said they wouldn't be at the beginning of the year, and they're not. They're having their own struggles too, but they do have talent. This isn't a bad team. I think they're going to eventually get a little bit better. Are they going to be one of the top three teams in the West? No, I don't think so. I really don't. But just as the Blues have, they struggled too. They've got new players in their lineup. Some other guys are gone, and it takes some time for these teams to gel. Are the Blues going to win the Stanley Cup? Hey, I'd love to say yes with 100% definite, but I can't. Are the Blues going to make the playoffs? I'd love to say yes, but 100%. I can't, definite. Are the players there on this team to where they can go into the playoffs and make a run? Yes, I think they are there. And people may think I'm wrong. People may be all doom and gloom about it. But guys, this is a team with new players. It takes time to gel. At the beginning of the year, I said, there's going to be a couple things that could happen, and I don't know which is going to happen. When you bring new players in, they could just gel immediately, and this team this team could be 13-5-2 in the first 20 games. But they weren't that. Or I said this team could just be up and down, around a 500 team for the first 20 games or so, and that's exactly what they've been. Breakout games where they look like they could beat anybody, like the Toronto game. They've just not been consistent. Inconsistency is caused by several things. Lack of being familiar with the players around you. A lack of talent on a team, but I don't think that's got anything to do with this team. This team has talent. And a lot of people question that, but I don't. This team has players that can play hockey from top to bottom. This team has players that have proven in the past they can play well. They've got it there to do. They just need to put it all together. They need to put a long winning streak. In other words... They need to play 10 games and win 7 or 8. That's what this team needs. They need to win 3, maybe lose 1, win 2 or 3 more, maybe lose 1, and it's going to start to build this team up. They're going to start to get confidence, and they're going to start winning, regardless of who's coach. I know a lot of people out there, I've still got the Thanksgiving Day deadline, that that's when they're sure Mike Yo is going to be gone. And I've said it from the beginning. Mike Yo is probably going to keep his job if they stay around 500. If they go way below that, then I think Doug Armstrong really has to look at it. Because a team that's right around 500, and you've seen flashes of some very, very good games where they've dominated, it shows me they've got the talent to be a team above 500. Their wins, they've worked hard to get those wins. And the losses, they've not worked hard. You know, they've not played complete games every game. And I know that's tough to do. It's a long season, guys. I'm not giving up on this team yet like some people are. Do I think Mike Yo needs to change some things on the way he does things? Yes. Do I think that if this team tanks and goes three or four or five games under 500 and just has some bad losses, five, six, seven in a row, will Doug Armstrong at least think about making a change? Yes, I do. 
would I be shocked if they made a change? The only way I'd be shocked if they made a change is if this team's right around 500 or a little bit above. I just don't think they're going to do that. But who are you going to bring in as coach? You guys all know my thoughts and what I know about Joe Quinville. Is Daryl Sador a coach that can come in and help this team? No. Is Beribe a coach that's going to make this team play much better? No. Steve Ott? No. If you're going to replace Mike Yo, you don't replace him just to replace him. You replace him because you have a plan, you have a coach in mind that you know can come in and motivate these players or put in a system that the players can grab onto quickly and start winning. That's why you make a coaching change. You don't make a coaching change just because, man, Mike Yo just really sucks and this team's 500. We can't have this in St. Louis, a 500 team. We just can't do this. You don't make changes for that reason. So that's my thoughts on where the Blues are at right now. The Blues are going to have to turn it around quickly, regardless of the injuries to Schwartz and Gunnarsson, which I have a feeling it's going to come out very soon this morning after I do this podcast, that the game tonight, neither one of those guys will be playing. I'll be shocked if either one of them are playing, from what I hear. I'm sure you guys will hear something soon, but right now I'm telling you they won't be playing. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But from what I hear inside the Blues, Gunnarsson and Schwartz will not be playing tonight against the Sharks. If they play like they did against the Knights, they got a good chance of winning. So I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of the Drop Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my take on visiting Las Vegas. I know I couldn't go in-depth to it a lot, but those are some of my recommendations. By all means, go to the city. Have a good time. It's a great city to visit. A lot of fun stuff to do, even if you don't gamble and even if you don't drink. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, watch a lot of hockey, and let's go Blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email the Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.